morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Big John. Big John's been a friend of mine and a patient for at least, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 years or so. And uh, John has a tremendous gift in cultivating and understanding the effects of marijuana on the human body. So I've been getting a lot of questions in my practice about how these special cannabinoids, as they're called, in other words, the little chemicals inside the marijuana plant, how do they work? They're like, Doc, what is this CBD that people are talking about? Am I going to get high or messed up if I, if I start using it? You know, what, how does it help with like medicinally with cancers and, and uh, movement disorders and migraines and insomnia? I'm like, heck, I, I got to get somebody to come on my show and explain a little bit more about this uh, from somebody with a lot of experience. So you're about to hear a conversation with me and Jonathan, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Big John. <clears throat> so Jonathan, I mean, you've been somebody I've known for quite a long time, and you've been in the marijuana business for quite a while. You certainly understand so much about the chemistry and how marijuana affects the human body. Um, so I thought we'd just kind of have a conversation today and you know, so many of my patients are asking about these two things, CBD and THC. And I really wanted to bring somebody on the show that could, you know, give our audience a greater understanding of what those two terms mean. So can you start there and tell me what is THC? What is CBD? How do they work? What's the basic general understanding of what those two things do? So basically there is over a hundred different cannabinoids in a cannabis plant. These are just two of the hundred plus. I think they've hit popularity just because they're like the first ones almost, you know? As we go on, you're probably gonna hear about different ones that will eventually take over in certain aspects. Like CBN, for instance, helps you with sleeping, which will probably take over and everyone will want that one. It's just, it's. I think it's the, the timing of it really is what Right. THC and CBD took off. And THC obviously is the number one because of the high factor. Everyone wants to get so, stoned. So the, when you get baked, THC as, as we used the, to say when back in the old days, that's THC. That's THC. Now, yeah, I remember back when I was listening to uh, Aerosmith, if you're an oldie but goodie like me, Toys in the Attic, you know, right. they were singing, sleeping late and smoking tea. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what smoking tea was, but is that what they mean now? Tea was THC? Uh, I don't think they knew that it was THC. I think tea was just kind of like it was the dried herb, you know, yeah. it looked like I, tea. I, you know? I don't think Stephen Tyler went to a graduate <laughs> yeah. education to learn about THC. Uh, but nonetheless, that was what they were alluding to is that marijuana was considered tea. It was THC. Right. Right. Well, the THC and CBD really go hand in hand because... CBD will counteract the effects of THC. So if you have them in certain ratios, you could theoretically ingest THC without getting any high effects if you have a good enough ratio of CBD to accompany it. So let me ask you this. If I were to take a glass of vodka, eight ounces, but I added 32 ounces of mix, it may not get me wasted, so to speak, because it diluted itself down and something was competing with it. Exactly. Okay. So, so that's where really where it originated. CBD came into the field in the very beginning was so that certain medicinal patients could ingest the THC or the full 
spectrum of cannabinoids, but they didn't want to get high. They still wanted to go to work and still wanted to do things. So what they do is they add a CBD to reduce that psychoactive effect. And therefore you're able to ingest all the medicinal benefits of cannabis without actually getting the high that accompanies it. Right. So, you know, today we hear so much about, um, you know, cannabis or marijuana for medicinal purposes, right? And then there's for recreational purposes. But realistically, it's just CBD and THC, right? I mean, isn't that the semantics today of whether I have a card that was given to me by a physician or whether I get it recreational? Is it really a difference in the pot itself when I go to the store, the the, the pot store to buy it? No, I, they're pretty much the exact same thing. I mean, medicinal patients get a sales discount. That's about it. Right. And also, you know, in certain states, they're held to a different standard. They're tested a little bit more. But other than that, there's no difference. But it's like and, marijuana, right? Yeah, cannabis is cannabis. But you have thousands of different strains, you know? Yeah, so I know. That, I, I understand, like, it gets to be a complex thing. Right. But when, you know, like, a lot of the, the everyday mom and pop people out there think, oh, that's medicinal marijuana. Right. It's no. marijuana. I mean. Well, that, that terminology, I think, came about because our parents' age, they had some brick Mexican poopy pot. Right. And now that the new medicinal phase has come across the country, you're getting these super potent strains that are 20 plus percentage THC when they were smoking five to 8% THC. So they start calling it medicinal marijuana to be like, that's some rocket fuel. Be right. careful. I like, see. So they kind of genetically upregulated the production of the chemical in the plant at some dispensary who kind of knew a little bit about pollination and hybridization and things like that, right? It's like dog breeding. You're selectively breeding a trait you want out of the plant, just like you would with a dog. You know, so you're selectively breeding a plant that has higher THC values. So if these two plants have a higher THC value and I mate them together, their offspring theoretically should have a high THC percentage. And then we do that again and again and again. And eventually you get a really potent plant. Right. Which you need to be very careful of if you're a first time starter. Oh, yes. So like a, a person who is old school, we like to say who smokes, you know, the old school brick weed. Right. Now when they smoke the new stuff, they need to be very, very careful with what they're doing. So like if I was a pot smoker, so to speak, when I was in high school in the 80s and I went out to do the same thing with today's marijuana, I would have a rude awakening when I smoked it because it's got more composition of the THC potentially, right? Right. Well, it's, it's very similar to like a beer versus a shot. You know, a shot has, you know, Anywhere from 40 to 60% alcohol, depending on what you're doing. Right. Even like a shot of 151. Right. Now, a beer, if you were to drink a beer, it's 4%. You know, so right. you drink a beer over 20 minutes, you're all right. You rip a shot of 151, you're going to feel it right. really quickly. So yeah. it's very similar to that aspect. You're Much more potent, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I understand that THC has a psychoactive um, component to it. But sometimes my patients say, am I going to get like so high that, you know, I'm going to be climbing trees and seeing, you know, frogs. I'm like, well, those are kind of more like psilocybin things like mushrooms that upset your, or should I say, alter your perception of the world. But marijuana, it's not quite like that, is it? No, it's, it's, um, it's hard to say because per 
each person's very different. How they perceive a new feeling is it's very person to person basis. Now it also has something to do with what you've eaten today. If you have a full stomach, it's going to be different. If you have an empty stomach, it's going to be different. Whether you ingest it, just eating an edible, whether you ingest it with alcohol, a whole lot of things all determine your outcome out of this. Right. So if I had, let's say, had a few cocktails and I eat an edible, that doesn't be far different than if I just smoked a, two hits off a joint. Right. And that's why I always recommend smoking it because you can ingest it and you get an immediate feedback. There is no... Uh, leeway between no delay between the absorption of an edible right right so that way you can't overdo it right you know while an edible it's more like a roller coaster ride you eat this thing that's it you're on the ride there's no going back you have to just do the whole the whole thing now let me get this straight so when you do smoke it it's going to get into the lungs and into the blood quickly which means it'll be distributed everywhere including the brain fast so you're going to get an immediate response but because it's been driven through a you know an an airway so to speak the liver can break it down dump it quicker than it can with an edible is that is that right correct and depending on the delivery method of your edible it could be more potent or less potent so if you have an edible in alcohol per se it will be processed by the liver and it's actually a completely different um, chemical than if it's just a plain edible let's say in butter or sugar or anything like that. Right. When it's in alcohol, it's actually a completely different molecule and it's almost five to 10 times more potent. Oh. So if you're eating like a tincture, that's technically uh, cannabis is dissolved in an alcohol, it's alcohol soluble. Yeah. So when you're doing that, it's very much more potent and people are using that in the little eyedropper bottles. Okay. And now it's taken a real turn is the hemp oil. They dissolve in that because THC is also um, fat soluble. Okay. So if you dissolve in hemp oil, which kind of you're going right to the grounds because hemp and cannabis are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, it will dissolve just the same and you're not getting that different chemical makeup. You're actually getting a very similar one to smoking. Right. And that's why it's a little easier to dose. But at the same time, when you're eating it, you're going to wait 30 to 40 minutes, just like anything for you to feel the effects. Right. Now, when you're smoking it, you're in three to five minutes you're going to feel the You're going to know exactly where you're at. So if I was like, let's say I'm the average guy that leaves work and I'm on an empty stomach and I go and meet some coworkers and I have a cosmopolitan martini on an empty stomach, it's going to be quickly absorbed by the body and be processed faster than a full stomach. Right. Does marijuana work the same way? Exactly the same way. Okay. So a lot of people, all, when they eat an edible, sometimes they'll eat it before they eat a big meal. So that that way, you know, their stomach actually can process it, and they get the the quicker response. Okay. Now, if you were to eat it after you eat a meal, it might take an hour and a half for you to actually start feeling any of these effects. And once you start feeling the effects, it's already been an hour and a half. It's too late. You know, you might be out to dinner. Yeah. You might be in a social situation that peaks anxiety naturally. Right. Now, cannabis is just gonna amplify that anxiety feeling because you know, you're know you focused on it. Right, 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 right. So cannabis isn't actually why you're feeling anxious. You're just in an anxious situation and now you're focused on it and it's amplifying it. So, all right, good part of the conversation right there. I wanted to talk a little bit about THC and of course, I, I, I wanna stretch out our conversation over multiple times and give them the basic foundation of marijuana itself. So we can talk about uh, stuff more specific later. Um, I want to ask you about what people have been asking me about 
certain strains like sativa and indica. What can you tell us about those that would just give us a general understanding of what that even means? I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that sativa and indica are sales points. Okay. They actually have no physical effect on the person per se, each person. So common misconception is if I drink, if I smoke a sativa, I'm going to get a higher uplifting high, a more energetic high. And I smoke an indica, I'm going to get a more relaxed high, like a sit on the couch kind. Now, they weren't named sativa and indica based on these effects of the plant. They were named after geo, geological locations in which they were found. Oh. So sativa is a tall, lanky plant. It's more commonly found in a wet, rainforesty environment, humid environment. Now, an indica plant is a short, stocky plant, usually found in like mountainsides or, you know, um, where temperature conditions can fluctuate really high. So in the days, it's really warm. At night, it's really cold. Indica plant thrives in that situation. Ooh, okay. So is there, a, I don't mean to interrupt you, but before I forget, is there a, is there a male and a female plant too? Because yeah, so we're when you're talking about cannabis, we're strictly talking about a female plant. Okay, the male plant does not produce any buds or anything. It's just little pistils in which they have a pollen sac that will then eventually bust open and then pollinate the the buds in which we smoke. So that's the female plant that's pollinated by the male plant. Correct. So I could literally come up to a field of plants, giant plants that don't have any buds on them and might expect that those would be male plants as compared to female plants. Correct. Because they're not pollinated. If they don't have buds on them, they're definitely a male plant. Okay. Sure. And you'll see the difference. They don't. So the ladies have all the goodies. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's cross pollination right there. <laughs> well, now we're hitting on a good point too. Is um, so a lot of people will complain that like uh, when they're smoking, their nose gets itchy or their throat will get itchy or something, and yeah. they think that's the cannabis plant. But really, what if you got to think about it? When they're reproducing, the the female plant's a very sticky bud, and the male releases pollen. And the pollen sticks to it. Yeah. Now, if you're growing cannabis outside, the wind blows. If the neighbor mows his lawn that pollen from the lawn clippings will go on your bud. If the oak tree next to you gets on the bud. Right. So you got to start thinking, if you're smoking these outdoor buds, you're actually getting a lot of pollen that's in the environment around you. Now, if you know you're allergic to grass or oak tree, now you're literally inhaling that pollen. That's what you're getting that itchy feeling from. Well, wait a minute. I love this. I got to process this for a minute. I've never heard this said, and I love what you just said, that the environmental pollens or irritants to certain people could actually be within the bud that I'm smoking, which is just picked up from the environment that it was grown in. A hundred percent. Oh yes. my goodness. That's why maybe when someone says I'm the organic pot grower, they might grow it in a very sterile environment where there's no, you know, well, you're not getting that response, right? Right. Well, there's a very common misconception of these outdoors are organic and they're healthy and everything, but that doesn't take away the fact that, you know, it's outside it yeah. might have bugs on it. It has all this. It's like poison ivy, right? I mean, it looks healthy and beautiful, but don't jump in it. Right. I mean, it's right out there. You know, <laughs> think about that. That's why medicinal cannabis is also so desired because it's in a very clean environment. Right. Everything that was put in was very thought about is methodical yes yeah and that's the difference and that's why it's worth more you know okay so like any other industry there are also 
marketing points that kind of make it better. And from my world, I always see it with good and bad cholesterol. Right. There's no good and bad cholesterol. There's just what it does. Right. I always say, if you take a $100 bill, is it good or bad? Most people say it's good. I said, well, if I took that $100 bill and I bought you know, drugs for your five-year-old, is it good? Well, no. Right. Okay, it's still a $100 bill, but it has the capacity to do certain things. So what is it doing? So it's not really that it's a good or bad cholesterol molecule. They're all the same molecule. It's just how it's being used in the body under a whole bunch of different parameters and different situations and in different people right. to begin with. Well, you're hitting the nail on the head with the indica and sativa question you originally said. Now, Adderall per se, right, speeds people up. But if it's prescribed to you, sometimes it slows people down, helps them concentrate. Right. It's the same thing with indica and sativa. It's a person-to-person basis. Right. I could smoke an indica that gets me very energetic and very high, but yet smoke a sativa that puts me on the couch. This is the exact opposite of the sales point that everyone's preaching nowadays. Right. And then you have to wonder how much of this is literally part of the placebo itself. You know, Correct. There's been plenty of studies over the years. I, I remember one from the 70s out in Berkeley, California, where they took a bunch of students in two different control groups and told them they were getting certain stimulants and uppers and downers, but they switched it. And most of them exhibited what they were told, not what they ingested. You know, it's like, huh? It would be like smoking marijuana and THC and being told that there's cocaine in it. Right. Now they're running around all fired up and life is great. Yeah. <laughs> then you tell them, no, it's sativa. You know, let's throw that in there. Yep. It's sativa. It's very comforting. It makes you sleep and everybody's sleeping before they even smoked it. Right. You know, they're already under the the brain's influence of wanting to be in a certain direction. And then you add the, the chemical and you believe that this is it. And I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but it goes back to the power of the brain all over again. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the best part, I think, of cannabis THC is really you're unleashing your brain. You're activating it in a whole different way that you've never activated before. Now you add that slight, you know, skew of this is how you should feel. Right. You're just going to run rampant in that direction. So we, you know, for people who do have anxiety and, and you know, let's say they just have an anxiety disorder where they, they panic a bit and their brain gets a little a little protective. They don't want them in certain environments and certain things. So then they go ahead and if they were to ingest S- uh, THC through whatever method possible, a smoke or an edible or an oil or something else, that would give them, that could potentially have them looking at things in different ways by activating different brain circuitries, which could then do one of two things. It could put them in a further state of, uh-oh, or it might be like, wow, I've never seen it this way before. Exactly. Maybe I should try and look at it from this perspective. And that's, I think, when I see my patients say, you know what, when I smoke it or when I ingest it, I kind of see things from a different vantage point than I did yesterday. You know, and that's got to be obviously the chemical interacting with the brain, giving them new affirmations about the world around them. That can be pretty cool, right? Of course. Yeah. I and mean, that's what your overall goal, I think, is by doing it. it some people's choose drinking some people choose smoking some people run you know it's yeah it's course. your device you lean on when and it all can changes brain chemistry no matter what you just said right it's all about how the chemical chemistry of the brain functions right so i want to move to another topic uh, in the same realm so we talked about thc and how important not important but what its role is and how it works it's one of many different cannabinoids which basically means a chemical within the plant yeah because we know that when you smoke it there's a full spectrum of lots of different cannabinoids and the two that we study the most are the thc and the cbd yeah so cbd you know if you drive around your your local town you probably will see a sign somewhere that someone says that we have cbd here um, so what can you tell us about CBD and how it 
has or what we're seeing preliminarily, of course, with the effects that it's having on certain conditions. What's your knowledge on that? So I, I said earlier that um, it originated as an opposite to THC. So you wanted to ingest all the health benefits of the cannabis plant, but you didn't want to get high. Right. A great way to do this was just amplify the uh, percentage of CBD and that would take away the psychoactive effect of THC. Nowadays, since THC is such a frowned upon thing, you have to be medicinal, some states still have it illegal, it's still federally illegal. Right. We just went straight to CBD because CBD actually is derived from the hemp plant, it's not derived from the cannabis plant. Okay. Your, your regular <clears throat> store-bought CBD is from a hemp plant, it's not it, from cannabis. Is hemp legal? In the entire country? Yes. So the hemp bill passed and technically it's legal. People can start farming it. You know, okay. you buy hemp clothes, similar things to that. Okay. Um, in the United States now, the hemp plant has a higher percentage of CBD, very low percentages of THC. So when they're making your clothes, when they're making paper, when they're doing things, they can first extract the CBD out of it. And then all the byproduct is clothing, is twine, is things. So you can use the whole spectrum of the plant. Right. It's very easy. It grows really tall. I mean, back in the day, if we want to go really back before even cannabis was illegal, hemp was the number one product of the world, pretty much. Right. Everyone ran on hemp. You know, sales were made on hemp. The Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper, you know? Right, sure. So this is where we're at. And so CBD came out from that. And now it's very, it does have anti-inflammatory properties. Um, Based on what people are adding it to, they're putting it in hemp oil, which has all your omegas and your fatty acids, which are very good for you. Um, coconut oil is another common cutting agent that they add the CBD to, um, which is also people cook with coconut oil. It's very healthy for you, you right. know? Um, mainly, I've seen it used for its anti-inflammatory properties. People ingest it. It, it helps you with your aches and your pains. It sure. really does. So I think that's what a lot of people have been using it for that I know because a lot of patients come into my practice asking me questions about it. But the things that I've also seen is that it's effect on uh, seizure disorders and how quickly it can calm seizure and output from brain. It has amazing effects in some particular conditions where it'll actually reduce the blood supply to certain growths, malignancies like tumors and cancers. Right. And I don't, I know I heard this, but I can't remember which one it was. It's either the lung cancer or the breast cancer. One of those two does very, very well with the injection of CBD. I think it's lung cancer, but I don't think the breast cancer did very well in relationship to CBD helping to reduce the the size and the, and the aggressiveness of the malignancy. But it's, it's, we just need to study more of this, don't we? Right. Well, all of these studies you're referring to that CBD is helping them in were first done with cannabis in general, the whole spectrum. Right. And all of them had almost the exact same results. You know, I firmly believe that this full spectrum is what's going to help you. All of it. If you're, yeah, you can't just take one little bit and say that that's going to do it all. You know, you're, you're, you're not taking the full thing in. You need it all. Right. Now, CBD, yes, in itself can help you with certain aspects, but it's just going to help not as much as if you ingested the full spectrum. And, and isn't there a bunch of other cannabinoids that There's, we really haven't been, we're not there quite yet? Yeah, I think that the number now is at 131 different cannabinoids now in the cannabis right. plant and we're just talking about two right so if you really think about that we're not even talking about one percent of the plant right and really like if 
one percent of the plant is having these studies coming out with these results. Imagine hundred percent of the plant. Right, that would it's, be really it's cool. It's just unbelievable. Now I see that Rob Gronkowski came out recently and said that he's, you know, he's moving in the direction of the CBD, and he was very emotional the other day on television about the pain he's been through and what, how much he had to endure, but how now he's pain free and. In his estimation, it's been the ingestion of CBD and the people around him who are helping him. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it needs a voice like his, somebody to, you know, to be active with it, to act, a, to be an activist for it. I think that the old, you know, the old adage that, you know, let's smoke a dube and eat 50 pounds of cheese balls and drop out of school. I think those days are kind of over now. Well, it's there's a still a huge stigmatism on it, and yeah. I think that's why we gravitate towards the sayings THC, CBD, everything, because we're not actually talking about marijuana. Right. Like well, that's why we also say cannabis. We say THC. We're saying all these terms to try and separate it ourselves from the stigmatism that is marijuana. Good call. When really, in general, it should have been called cannabis from the beginning. Right. You know, that's its Latin name. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's exactly what it was called. Yeah. Marijuana was just a slang term that came around that made it easily brought around and made people hate it, you know? And I I think it has a lot to say even today with the problems we have with the the Southern border and everything, marijuana. And it has a very Mexican sounding name to it. It's like- It's kind of scary for the average person who lives in rural America, doesn't really know much about it. Right. Which is why I wanted to get you on here because you have such vast knowledge about the understanding of of the chemistry and the utilization and all the pieces of it. And uh, I think this was a good start for people at home to understand you know, what marijuana is about. Now, obviously, I want everybody to make their own decisions. And in I know in the state of Massachusetts that I live in, you have to be of age in order to even use it. Sometimes the kids are overutilizing it per se, but we don't have any evidence at the moment that overutilization does a bunch. I'm sure there's some studies out there that I haven't been privy to, but the general thing is, do we want kids smoking 20 times a day? Do you think it's a good idea? Well, uh, I think if you look at the American population, I'd say at least 80% has a liquor cabinet in their house. True that. Now, if your kids got into the liquor cabinet, they could die, literally die from over-ingesting alcohol. And let's be honest, everyone in the history of the world, their kids have gotten into liquor one time or another. You know, the old trick of filling the bottle up with water (laughs) after you drank some of it. I know it well. (laughs) Right. Now, they could get into your pot stash and smoke the entire thing. They will not die. Yeah. They could literally smoke all the pot. They'll, you they'll could just die. Possess. They'll die of Twinkieitis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna find them sleeping on your couch and not getting into trouble. Is, <laughs> right. is the difference, right? And that's really where it's coming down to. Even everyone has Tylenol in their cabinet. Right. Now, if they eat all that Tylenol, that's gonna be their last headache. Right. Now, right. if they have just eat all the cannabis, they could if they ate raw cannabis. They wouldn't have any psychoactive effects. They actually have to smoke it. You have to heat it up. Okay. So they could eat the whole bag, feel nothing. Then they smoke it. All right, they smoke the entire bag. You're going to find them on your couch. Now, if your kids are home alone, what would you rather have? You know, you, did you lock your liquor cabinet? Did you lock your medicine your medicine cabinet? cabinet? Sure. No, you didn't. It's right. the same thing. Right. And that's really where we're getting into this stigmatism that is cannabis. It's just like, yeah, you got to get past this old school looking at it and be like, this is actually quite safe. You know, right. you're not 
Well, you know, alcohol has killed more people than all the drugs in the world combined. Right. And in, in how long has alcohol been on our planet? Since we've been fermenting sugar, right? Right. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with alcohol, but not with the abuse. Like anything else, I don't agree with the abuse of anything because it leaves you in a state of imbalance. And when you don't have balance and it changes the brain, then the brain changes the body, then you begin to struggle. Right. I'm like, oh, and that's my world that I come from. And there'll be plenty of other shows on that. But um, I just was, I'm so happy that you came on because I think that I learned so much by just having listened to you. And I'm sure people at home at least get a little more comfortable with marijuana when they know a little bit more. I think it's easier to, you know, to, to take a left on Main Street in, in some rural town, USA, when somebody already told you who lives here, you know, you know what time the shops close. You just feel more comfortable about the environment that you're in because you, you've had a chance by somebody who knows something to tell you what's going on. So I appreciate you uh, taking time to, you know, to educate our audience. And when I have you back, which I'm going to, I, I want to delve a little bit deeper into some of the research and other facets of the marijuana industry and how that might help give people a greater education. So without further ado, my man, <laughs> I want to say thanks a bunch for being on. I appreciate you having me. You bet. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Okay, brother. Ciao.